G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective, your one-stop shop for all the Queensland Premier Rugby chat as we manage our way through the COVID-19 pandemic. This week we're catching up with a few of the blokes down at Bond University and with me I've got Ryan Menzies and Luke Patworth. How are we boys? Hey guys, <laughs> I'm good fellas, I'm good. Now, fellas, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic, it's uh, it's affected everyone in various different ways, but hopefully some good news on the horizon with uh, some news over the last week or so that hopefully we'll be back playing rugby around sort of July, August time. Um, mate, how excited were you guys and everyone down at Bond when uh, you eventually heard that news? I'll let Menzies go first because he's... Uh... He's, uh, he was he was probably the most disappointed when they uh, called it off. So you go first, Connor. Um, yeah, it, it's great news, I suppose, Source. It was pretty, as Pap said, I was pretty cut up. I mean, yeah, it's such a, a big commitment we give sort of footy and, and all of a sudden you take that away sort of four or five times a week and it's a, a bit of a hole in your life. So to hear the news that we're, we're going to get back up and roll again, hopefully very soon, is um, yeah very positive. So I can't wait. No, excellent stuff, mate. And and Pappy, for you, mate, uh, what was your reaction? Yeah, mate, I'm stoked as well. Obviously, um, like I'm up here to work and play footy, and with the uh, with the virus, they kind of took both away at the same time. So that was a bit of, bit of a big hit to my routine. But um, I'm just as excited for the social aspect as well as the games. <laughs> nice, mate. Well, I think there might be a few uh, social restrictions to get started, mate. So you might have to take some solace from just getting back out on the field to begin with. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned, mate, that it's affected your work life as well, mate. How have things for you changed over the last few months? Yeah, mate, I um, I got put off there like when everyone else basically did at the start. I was just uh, working with an environmental company. And, um, yeah, so I've obviously had to put my hand out for the first time and get uh, a bit of help from the government. But I'm kind of – I'm doing all right now, picking up bits and pieces here and there. But um, I'm pretty lucky because I've had – uh, a gym where I live to train, so um, I'm kept fit. Nice, mate. That's a positive. And um, in terms of the rugby community there on the Gold Coast, mate, is there sort of blokes that are sort of getting sort of odd jobs here and there through um, through various blokes who potentially have businesses and stuff like that where they can offer a few hours here or there? Yeah, there's been bits and pieces. I know um, some of the boys have picked up work. Uh, well, a lot of boys got laid off initially and then um, whether it's even in the same kind of field or different boys have just been picking up bits and pieces where they can um, but we're, we're just trying to look after everyone uh, in like in the club and stay in contact um, and make sure everyone's doing alright you know uh, not just physically but mentally as well mm. and for you Ryan mate um, how has your situation been affected mate over, over the period um, mate, to be honest, pretty. I've been pretty good. I've been very lucky. Sort of, we. I haven't lost any work, so I've sort of just kept kept trucking on there, which is which is good. And I'm very sort of, I suppose, grateful considering how many people sort of in, especially at Bond, but in the country as well, have lost work. So very blessed to have been sort of stayed in work, and um, it's almost become, I suppose, going to work's almost exciting now. You don't get to do much else. So eight hours a day, get to get out of the house and do something a bit different, which is which is good. No, that's fair enough, mate. I can relate. After a, a few weeks sort of stuck at home, just working from home, um, I've picked up some additional part-time work. And yeah, you're right. It's good to have a bit of routine back in uh, back in action. Um, but 
Pappy there, mate, you, you mentioned that a lot of boys have been affected. Um, you know, you don't have to name names, mate, if, uh, if you want to keep that a little bit hush, but what's sort of some of the, the harder scenarios made out of the boys at the club um, that you've sort of seen or, or heard about? Uh, all the boys that aren't locally, um, like well, myself included, kind of, that were put in that tough situation. A few boys have obviously had to, you know, move home for the meantime, or if it's like northern New South Wales, have had to go back there and, um, and kind of just get by that way. So hopefully um, the Queensland border opens up soon for any of those boys. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just loss of work. There's too many people to rattle off source, to be honest. Like there were so many of us, you know, we've got our own group chats and stuff uh, throughout the club and there were so many boys in the same boat. So. And I suppose with the, with the playing cohort that's hit that hard by that sort of side of things, um, what have you guys sort of done as, as a playing group and I suppose your coaches as well um, to sort of stay connected during that time and, and show some support for one another? Do you want me to tell you something, Pappy? Yeah, you go, Rana. Uh, mate, it's been pretty good, actually. We've sort of, I think at the start of the year, we split off. So we've got a leadership group. And I think we split off into, so I think, how many's in that, Pap? I think seven, six or seven? Seven. So we split off into sort of smaller groups. And then we have uh, group chats as well, as well as obviously the um, like the big Facebook group. So little challenges, I suppose. Like we had a five-kilometre challenge. So everyone sort of did a 5K run and then posted their times. So get everyone training. Um, and as well as that, we've had our S&C coaches going sort of live, doing some hit sessions and stuff like that, which has been good. And then apart from that, just, I suppose, staying in touch on social media, like a lot of a lot of uh, messaging back and forth on the gram and whatnot. So keep in touch with the boys. It sort of keeps, a, keeps you as happy as you can be during a time like this, I think, source. No, that's fair enough, mate. Um, well, someone that I'd say is keeping blokes entertained on the gram would be Adam Gowder. He seems to be loving life just uh, you know, watching Netflix. <laughs> Man, I don't know how um, he seems to be out on that Burley Hill every every afternoon. So I don't know how well he's I don't know how well he's adhering to the social distancing rules. But um, no, good on him. He he sort of likes to that beach lifestyle. Get that that shirt off in in the flesh and on the on the gram. So I mean, good on him. He might look like he might be doing the same thing to be honest. So yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tell you what, having grown up on the sunny coast and having free time to actually enjoy the beach when I lived there, to now have free time where I'd love for something like that again here in Brisbane, it's been difficult. Running around <laughs> under ain't the same as uh, getting down to Malulba or Kwana and, you know, you get a little run in and then hit the salt water afterwards. You miss it. Mm, it's a bit of a luxury for us, us Casey, isn't it, Sauce? Mate, you guys have got the, uh, the luxury of location down there, that's for sure. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, Pappy, mate, for your Instagram, um, you've been up in uh, Springbrook National Park, it seems. Uh, mate, is that a I'm, bit of – what have you been doing up there, mate? I might as well be a park ranger at this point. I, uh, <laughs> I've been up there on the motorbike every other day, um, just kind of poking around, sussing out uh, any off-road kind of things I can find and trying to, you know, know the whole national park. But obviously, staying within uh, the 50k restrictions, I don't want to throw myself <laughs> under any buses here. Nope, that's fine. Man. I realise that's uh, that's still part of your Gold Coast hinterland area. So I was just very yeah. jealous of uh, the sunset <laughs> to watch the other other mate. Had a little, mate, little fire going. Back unreal. The unreal. It was a picnic. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a camp. <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll go with picnic. Um, and you guys mentioned training there obviously Um, as a club you guys have sort of got the 
the benefit of some of the best sort of training facilities in, in club rugby, I'd say probably in Australia with access to the high performance center there at Bond. And then even just the gym itself at Bond for the students is out of this world. Um, how different has it been for guys to try to adapt um, to not having access to facilities like that and have to train at home? Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably been pretty tough. As, as you said, I think without being biased, I think we do have probably some of the best facilities in club rugby in the country. So I suppose for some people to adapt from sort of that luxury to going to either bodyweight work or just road running or, or whatever you can kind of do really, it's, um, it's a bit different, but I think we sort of had a bit of time now and we've sort of adapted and, and the, the staff have been, have been great in terms of giving us things to do and still making it, giving us things that we have access to. So we're not sort of out there on our own. We've got a bit of a schedule and, and, um, there's plenty of options for us to, to continue moving the body and training. So it's been all right. No, that's positive, mate. And, um, I know I spoke this week to, uh, to Dan Borman, who'd obviously, uh, he said he'd been named your guys captain this year, which was a big win for him. But, um, his situation under lockdowns has obviously been very different. You've got um, Dan with two other former Bondies in Vittori Buatava and Josh Fumaona who were um, sort of in lockdown with, with Perry Cross caring for him. Um, it's definitely a very uh, unique experience for those guys in isolation. Yeah, mate, for sure. Um, we we just try and stay in touch with Dan, you know, every other night. So we obviously... Um, being stuck in the apartment room, you know, all the conversation he can get out of anyone helps, he said. So we just, you know, tried to be in touch with him as much as we could and then plan things socially distant. But when he came out, like, you know, just catching up for a coffee uh, while we went for a walk or whatever. Um, but he did, really, he's done really well there and um, he loves what he's doing. So, yeah, hats off to him. I think uh, definitely working as a support worker, we discussed this with him the other night as well, is, uh, is something that you know isn't necessarily um, you'd associate with, with rugby players in terms of the work they do away from the field. He's definitely sort of breaking the mold a bit in, in that sense. Yeah, well, all three of those guys are um, really, really good at their job from all reports, and um, and definitely, yeah, it's not a it's not a thing you think of when you think of rugby guys and uh, their you know their career path. But um, yeah, they all enjoy it, and they're all very good at from all reports. So that's good. I suppose it's special to see, I suppose, the Gold Coast rugby community getting around each other there as a whole in terms of you've got, you know, a few generations of players there looking after um, Perry, who's obviously a TSS product, and by all reports, he was definitely due to be a, a rugby star on the rise before um, before his unfortunate accident. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Manzo, are you still there? I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're right though. Um, especially those 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 couple of blokes. So obviously, Torbs has been in and around the club for ages, and Fui, even still to this day, Fui does a lot of our coaching with the sevens, and he's sort of a big help. He's been a big help to me, especially, and a lot of the other boys with sort of um, their footy and and their their sort of mental state and everything like that. He's just he's one of the good guys, and um, obviously with the work he's doing through Perry, but also. A lot of the stuff he does with a lot of the guys still at the club after playing. I think he's ever played over 100 games as well. So, no, it's great. Obviously, Bond is the the premier club on the Gold Coast, um, but there's a wider Gold Coast rugby community with its own competition and obviously juniors. Have you guys sort of seen or heard much news out of what's happening with the wider Gold Coast rugby community outside of Bond and how they've been impacted? 
Menzo? Um, I think like they're pretty in a, in a pretty similar boat. I know they're probably working on on pretty similar timeframes to us. I know a couple of the local clubs where I used to play for are still doing probably pretty similar things. I mean, trying to get as much content out to their, their teams as possible in terms of like body weight workouts or, or training options for them. And I mean, it's a pretty good competition they have down here. So I think the sooner they can get back on track, similar to us, the better. And Gold Coast Rugby, I think it's, it's probably going pretty well at the moment. I mean, so I hope if they can get back on the field as well as us, it's going to be good for the, for the area in general. Uh, very true, very true. Um, but this is the Gold Coast has been a breeding ground for uh, a lot of young talent um, over the years, yourself included, Menzies. Happy, you're obviously from outside the uh, outside the catchment originally. Um, but we've seen some of your young guns over the last couple of weeks show that they've got a fair bit of talent in the virtual game as well with Hospital Challenge Cup B, with Bond still undefeated. And uh, it seems that the, the PlayStation pen that is saying Nongor's house is uh, just proven to be uh, delivering the goods for you guys. <laughs> mate, mate, they're a bunch of sweaty little gamers. <laughs> oh, all our cults. No, when, when, you, um, when you brought it up to me whenever it was a month or two ago and I said, you know, I rattled a few names off, I knew they'd be pretty handy, but I didn't think they'd be this handy. So It's a breeding ground source. They just keep coming. <laughs> Mate, it doesn't seem to matter who hops on. It's just, you know, to go about the business. It might be even Zane's house might be the lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think so. But I don't think you're going to get many options outside that group now, Source, because I think we're all a bit, a bit worried we might let down the team and, and drop a game. So I'll leave it to those boys, I think. The expectation's too high. Well, 100%. I mean, I've seen recently, especially Nick Chapman, mate, he is struggling. So <laughs> if you're listening, Chapo, mate, you've got some work to do, big fella. <laughs> uh, mate, I feel really bad for some of the prem grade guys who have tried to get involved and excited about it. And then, uh, you know, I'd, I'd fill a gap with someone like Nick Dawes from UQ, who's, you know, a legend, but, you know, down the grades in terms of, actual rugby and then he comes on and absolutely murders someone and you just say, oh, well, I'm never going to get them back again. Man, I'll tell you who surprised me. One, um, Adam Hayes. He's the last person I would have picked to win a few games, but he, he seems to go right on the old on the old PlayStation. I think Hayes is a closet nerd, mate. <laughs> he seems to have a full proper gaming set up at home. Yeah, well, that, was, right? the other, that was the other reason I couldn't join you is because I don't even have a console. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I got told that Zachy Lucas was apparently an absolute gun at uh, at PlayStation and computer <laughs> games, uh, namely at uh, Call of Duty rather than uh, anything sort of sport related. But anyway, I was like, well, we'll get him on, have a crack, you'll pick it up. Nah, busted. Robbie. He, yeah. His brother wasn't much better. No. I think um, I think I scored four tries that game against Tommy, so... <laughs> I don't think the uh, Lucas Brothers will be back on anytime soon. The funniest one though was uh, when we were trying to get it up for the first week was I gave Jimmy Dalgleish a call because obviously he's meant to be going to Scotland, but he wasn't going to be going obviously with everything that was happening and all the other UQ guys were in isolation having come back from Sydney and I was like, oh, Jimmy, look, I'm looking for someone to get involved. Um, would you be interested, mate? And he, I've never seen someone, you know, Take a backward step so quick. He was like, nah, nah, never played video <laughs> games, mate. Not keen. So in comes Dorsey. 
Uh, well, it's worked out for you, Q. They're not going too bad either. But, uh, you know, you guys can take the crown as the uh, the top university at the moment. Yeah, well, I think it'll be a sign of uh, things to come this year. Uh, 30 is actually going all right at the virtual game as well. Seems to have his, uh, his boot on point. So not sure what training he's doing uh, outside of just getting some some workout videos with his uh, Insta famous misses on the gram in real life at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, no, he's doing well. He's doing very well. It's just that kettlebell on the on the Palm Beach rooftop, mate. That's all. That's the work he's getting done. So I mean, it's helping his kicking. So fair play to him. Don't work out if you haven't got a proper backdrop, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> oh Jesus! Good old thirty. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, mate, for you, obviously, you've been massive in the seven space over the last couple of years for for sevens as, as well as Queensland Academy of Sport, and I suppose trying to push yeah. for higher honours. Um, yeah. While there's a massive focus on getting the 15s game back up so that we can support all, all the nine Premier Rugby clubs and obviously regional competitions for all our country clubs in Queensland as well, mate, for you, for sevens, what would you hopefully like to see happen um, before the year's end to hopefully get a bit of game time in? Um, well, I mean, it's sort of a bit of a waiting game at the moment. I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the with the 15s competition before we can potentially plan if there's going to be a, a time stop for the QPR 7s again or or if the sort of invitational tournaments that normally happen are still going to be able to run. So, I mean, fingers crossed that that is the case and we can, and we can still get some 7s in because it's a great game. Source, one of the best. So fingers crossed there's a there's a bit of an opportunity for a lot of the boys to get out there and play a bit of a bit of sevens rugby. Yeah, fair enough. I'll uh, try and get some social games in myself again. Um, having been the Yeah, I'll come with you. You had to come over to East Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm not yeah. driving up the bloody freeway. <laughs> oh, you come join us down in Byron, mate, we'll pick you up on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Byron mate special. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, I suppose, Ryan, you've probably got a bit of a dial in to a few of the guys in the Aussie squad as well. Obviously, the Olympics there has gone wayside for the second. Um, how have they sort of trained up yeah. their training regime, et cetera, from, from what you've sort of seen or heard from any of the boys? Um, well, I know a lot of them. So I think they had to take a bit of leave for the, they've got they to take their four weeks leave. Um, essentially straight up but um again they're back home like a lot of the other people um obviously trying their best to stay fit a lot of body weight work a lot of running obviously the boys do plenty of running down down in sydney so i think they have to keep that up but yeah i suppose it's pretty hard for them um like everyone else but i suppose especially being in a full-time program and sort of doing five or six days a week to to sort of being thrown out on your own it must be pretty tough but i know they're similar to everyone else. They've been getting involved with the sort of the fitness challenges and, and whatnot that are going around. So look, I'm sure those boys are staying fit and they'll be ready to rock and roll when, um, when they get a nod to, to re to restart training or, or get back on the world series. Uh, well, hopefully we all get that back up and running before, uh, with some great lead in for the Olympics. Um, if that all can go ahead as planned sometime next year. Yeah. Um, Boys, what we usually do um, towards the back end of our, our podcast is we ask you guys some, uh, some some questions called the Fast Five, albeit that it's not that fast, um, where we just want to get a little bit of insight into the club and who some of the, the personalities are around there. Um, so to kick things off, fellas, first question, who would be your best clubman down to Bond? 
Menza, you are first on this. All right. Um, oh, look, in terms of players, I would say you tell to go past uh, Nick Turner. I think Source. He's obviously been at the club for a very, very long time. I think he's very close to, if not over the 150 game mark. So, and he's still just as involved as ever. And he, he sort of rocks up every week um, and still playing good footy. So, I think it's hard to go past Turner when it comes to sort of all he's done for the club, both bond and breakers, and um, especially socially as well. He's very active in the social social capacity. So I think it's hard to go past Nicky Turner. No, you're right. Was, that would that be was... the only guys left over from the breakers era, just about, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think they're the only two probably left going, I think, hmm. um, off the top of my head anyway. Yeah, there weren't Colts. Like, obviously, I think there's a few uh, Colts that we're cutting about. Potentially. Mm. Very true. Um, for you, Pappy, mate, who would you have as the best clubman? Mate, I'd have Nick Turner as well. But um, like you said, big slippies following very close behind him. He's, um, he's always there to put his hand up for whatever's needed. And, you know, he'll play the minutes he needs to play, you know, that he's asked to play and he'll do a good job of it. So those two are, um, you know, yeah, very good for the club. And we're very lucky to still have them. Nice. Good call. Good call. Um, now, boys, in terms of uh, this can be your prem grade squad, your culture reserves, who do you reckon would be the most underrated player at the club? Um, you got one, Pat? I'm trying yeah, to think. First. I'm, I'm pondering as well. Look, I'll, I'm going to, on the, on the theme of the two players we just spoke about, I'm actually going to go slips here, Source. Um Obviously, he's a big boy, um, but obviously he gets around the field quite well for a big fella. And I suppose no matter who we're sort of up against, whether the Reds boys are back or not, I, I still don't think I've seen a scrum go backwards with, slip, with slips packing up front. So I think he holds his weight in the scrums very well and he gets around the park. And as, as we touched on before, he's just the ultimate club man. So look, I'm going to go, I, I very much like playing with big slipper. Good call, good call. Yeah, nice. I, I reckon... Um... He, he underrated in the in the terms that um, I think he can go a long way. I think Maxi Dowd. I think Max Dowd probably doesn't get um, the credit. I think he he can 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 kind of get. Um, he's a very good outside back, and uh, it'll be good to see him play this year. Nice mate. We haven't seen too much of Maxi Dowd yet, so hopefully he uh, he comes along in leaps and bounds, mate. Once we actually get footy up and running again. Yeah, that's my um, opinion on the whole thing. Nice, nice. Now, boys, on the other end of the scale, who do you reckon would be the worst trainer? Now, they I'll go first one. You'll go the first one? Right. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Right? <laughs> right, you finish off. You finish the description. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, this could be someone that, you know, doesn't want to uh, put in the hours on a Tuesday or Thursday night or, you know, pings the hammy when the fitness kicks off. Uh, no. yeah, all, the, all the front rowers tricks, but then absolutely kills it come game day. Or it could just be someone that doesn't train well and, you know, doesn't play well either. But, you know, we'll leave that up to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll leave that up to everyone else's interpretation of their game. Um, mate, look, I'm pretty bad um, just with niggles and I've got really bad ankles and, you know, torn, you know, syndesmosis ligaments gone and all that good stuff. So I, my running ability is very limited um, in terms of just long distance running. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I play how I play. It is what it is, so that's not... Um, but, yeah, what do you recommend, Zach? To sum up, Pat Source, he trains in those boots that look like runners but with studs on them. Yeah. The career savers. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine, mate. 
career savers, exactly. No. I'll retire before I wear career savers, boys. No, you get to a point. We work hard. You get to a point where it doesn't matter anymore what you look like and your feet just hurt that much. My unpopular opinion, outside backs are the hardest workers in a squad, I believe. <laughs> tell your story walking, mate. <laughs> yeah, buddy, tell your story walking. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to take this on a bit different source. He, he's not a bad trainer, but it's the fact he never trains. And it's Joey Fidock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> with, also with un, un-rugby related injuries. I think he's got. I think he's got a ban on hobbies because he um he always hurts himself. Yeah, oh, I'm not going to throw him under the bus here. Let's just say he fell off a computer chair. <laughs> <laughs> if you speak to if you speak to our backs coach uh, Razor Ray Thomas, he'll talk to you for three hours about why Joey shouldn't be doing anything outside rugby training. So yeah, all I'll say is Joey and I don't go to Pizzy Park anymore for for a roll around. Is uh, is is that on top of the other three hours I've just been talking to Razor in general? <laughs> Welcome, mate. He can, he can talk underwater, that bloke. Mate, there's a few times like in games, where, like I'll walk around like the back of the uh, the dead ball where the bond coaches are, you know, camera in hand and whatnot. Right, oh, we'll get Menzi diving over in the corner. Nah, Razor wants a chat, <laughs> mate. Bugger the game going. Razor's got your ear. Don't get, don't get caught with him after training. You, you'll get home at midnight. There's been a couple of times, mate, where I've, uh, you know, gone to head off the bond or whatever after matches around down there. You know, right up, go back to Brisbane, text the missus, hey, be home in about an hour. End up inside for a beer, leave an hour and a half later. I'm in trouble when I get home. Good times. Uh, he's one of the best. Love you, Razor. Uh, one of the greats. Love catching up with uh, with Razor Ando and uh, good old Dan Bowdler, one of the legends. Oh, one, of the, oh, one of the good guys. One of the good guys. All right. Now, fellas, if uh, if you guys have got a player from another club, one bloke that you could recruit to bring to Bond, who would it be? Um, oh, mate, I'll go. This one, this one actually hasn't played up here properly yet, but um, Connor Vest has just come up and moved to UQ from North in Sydney. And um, I played a bit with him when I was down there in Shoot Shield uh, with and against him. So he would be one I'd like in our second row for sure. Um, he's, he's handy. He's a good bloke. And, uh, I mean, he probably deserves higher rep honours than RC as well. He, he goes hard. Mate, he's a good get for UQ. Yeah, I was pretty dirty when I heard. I think I, I inboxed him probably once a week for a month trying to change his mind. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I'm actually surprised he didn't end up down your way because he's a far North Coast lad and he's still going home to work um, on his mum's farm sort of every other weekend or whatever, apparently. Well, obviously not now, but before uh, yeah. before lockdown he was. Anyway, mate, I reckon that don't mind me because I'm pretty dirty about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Ryan, for you, mate, who do you reckon? Uh, so I'm going to... This bloke won't be playing this season, but he is one of the, the club rugby greats, mate. I would actually like to bring Harry Higgins. Good call. For many reasons. Not only he's a good football player, but I think culturally and just for the boys, he's probably one of the one of the better blokes I've ever laced up with. And um mate, if you if you're not pumped for a game 
when you're playing with Harry Higgins, you're doing something wrong. You're playing the wrong sport. So for for on and off field reasons, I would probably bring um, Hazard Hazard down to the canal. Mate, that is a great call. Harry is a legend. One of the best, yes. And it's uh, I've heard people from just about every club in Brisbane say Harry's a legend. So that says something, mate. Mate, not much better. Very true. Two very good picks there, gents. Now, the last of the Fast Five boys, the best person at the club behind the scene, whether it's a volunteer, one of the team managers, someone that uh, just puts in the extras and doesn't necessarily get the credit they deserve. Um, mate, I'm going to have to go with Dan Bowdler for sure. Um, it's too hard not to go past. He's gotten boys jobs in the past. He, um, when we all got laid off, we Bond uh, organised a heap of heap of meat to give to the boys that didn't have job, and Dan obviously cut all that up because he. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a butcher by trade, but he's, he's definitely handy at it anyway. So, mate, he just looks after everyone. Does goes above and beyond in every kind of aspect, and. Uh, you know, touches base with everyone. Um, so, mate, I've got a lot of time for Dan. He's one of the all-time good guys I know. Oh, mate, country rugby legend as well, mate. He's been given back to uh, <laughs> the Gold Coast game and the Healers program for a long time. Yeah, great bloke. Great bloke. Ryan, for you, mate. Um, I mean, there's plenty to do do good things down the coast. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with two. So they're actually a couple. So you can't have one without the other. Oh, I'll enough. go Glenn. Glenn and Trish. So Trish does a lot of the admin work and is she's actually a bit of jack of all trades. She does the admin, uh, does a lot of our yoga and um, and just helps the boys out wherever she can really. Um, and she's just behind the scenes forever working away to sort of make sure that we're looked after down there. And then alongside her is Glenn. So he does a lot of our S&C, warms us up, um, takes us through our gym work at the High Performance Centre. So those two I mean, they just go above and beyond. So I'm sure that all they do is knowing their job description, but they're forever making sure that that we're all all good down there and that we have everything we need. So without those two, I think the club would be in a, a far worse spot. Nice, mate. I didn't realise um, Trish did your yoga, yoga, I should say. I obviously work with Trish a fair bit in terms of providing stuff for social media for you guys to use and all that sort of stuff. I yeah. no idea she was involved in that. That's awesome. Mate, the, um, she takes us through a bit of a routine post-training, I'm telling you. It is the hardest part. Of, it's the hardest part of training. I'd rather run into the buddy front row seven times over and then go through the yoga routine she takes us in. She takes us through after we finish. So she's one of the greats, mate. That's a big call. Big call. It is a, it is a big call. It's a huge call, mate. That's an absolutely outrageous call. You've got mate, to tighten up, man. So. Us outside backs aren't scared of anything, Saucy. So the front row... It's it's easy pickings for us, mate. Oh, Jesus. All right, moving on from that. <laughs> now, fellas, I want to finish with a, with an extra question for you guys because obviously you're two fellas who played um, rugby, whether it be at, at different clubs and different states, um, had a couple of overseas opportunities or chances to travel. Um Tell us about sort of some of the, you know, for you guys, what maybe like your greatest rugby experience is um, maybe outside of your usual club rugby stuff in terms of some of the additional opportunities that you guys have both been uh, fortunate to be a part of. Um, I'll go first, Benzo, if you don't mind. Yeah, mate. Mate, I was, um, I was lucky enough to be a part of the that Australian Stockman's rugby team that went over and played the force. Yep, yep. 
uh, played the force like academy and then the, the actual force. Um, and that experience was easily hands down um, the best team environment, the best rugby camp, the best getting to know blokes, um, learning about yourself, learning about mental health. But like, probably one of the best, it'd be in my top three experiences of anything in all time. So I can't speak highly enough of the guys that run that. Um, and, and I was with some of the greats as well. Like Alex Gibbon was on that trip with me. Um, Great bloke. Great bloke. Just so many, so many good blokes on that trip. Um, but yeah, I can't speak highly enough of that whole experience. That's what I was thinking you were going to go with, mate. That looked like a lot of fun. And I can see even just sort of like social media interaction and stuff like that. But you guys um, stay in contact still, that full group. Oh, mate, we all do. We all message each other all the time. Um, yeah, the Mac and Boys organise that. And I'm, I really hope down the line they organise or get something off the ground um, to do that as well. And it's obviously for charity. Um, you know, there's a charitable side of it. But then there's, you know, there's mental health focus as well we had a few like classes on it so it was just awesome my my little brother and my dad flew over to watch the games and um yeah mate i can't again can't i've never had a better rugby experience in my life so um hopefully it gets off the ground again once this is all over nice mate excellent how how about for you rhino um i had a few last year i think i got got to travel a bit last year obviously playing a lot of sevens in in a few different countries but um mate i'll go with Late last year, the one in December, we actually I went to myself and Sarge actually Hayden Sargent from Sunnybank. Uh, got the chance to go over and play with uh, Samurai, a sevens team in Dubai. Yep. With a handful, I think we had three or four of the um, of the Aussie boys as well, and we actually had a. So that was one half of the team, and the other half was actually six Russians. So interesting. It was a very interesting experience. Obviously, translator on site full time. And I suppose to get involved, not only in a different country, but with different cultures within the team and, and sort of play through that language barrier, it was a, it was interesting, but I think it's something I, I definitely enjoyed. And I think you, it makes life a bit easier when you come back and you're playing with a full team of, of English-speaking Australians. So that was, a, that was a really good time and it's definitely something I'd look to do again, no, which is good. Very true. And I suppose my sevens in general is a bit... Um, different to 15s where it does sort of open up for the chance to maybe go and play for, for different teams and meet some different blokes. Yep. Um, it, it's just yes. a little bit more accessible, isn't it? It is, yeah. So I think because of all the different, I suppose, the different nature, it's not like um, it's not like a season. You can have those sort of tournaments running over weekends. There's just a lot of opportunities to to sort of jump on with different teams in different locations and, and as you said, meet new people and sort of, it's good to many things. Obviously, you meet a lot of new blokes playing a lot of different places, but also in terms of networking and making those connections so you can sort of keep accessing these 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 wonderful opportunities, which is one of the great things about, about the game. I suppose it's worldwide and there's there's so many opportunities, especially in the seven space, to, to travel and, and meet new people. So it's great. No, very true. Very true. All right, gents. Well, I think that brings us to a close this evening, but thanks very much for, for giving up your time, boys, and uh, and having a chat. Yeah, mate, no worries. I got all dressed up as well, and there was no cameras, so that's a, that's a goddamn shame. Well, I did tell you we were doing a podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah, mate, look, you know, me and technology, it's all, it's all the same thing. <laughs> I'm only stirring these up. Well, hopefully you're not still rocking a Nokia 3210 or something like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, just the offensive <laughs> block. Uh, quality, oh, mate. God. I remember, what was it, what, 2014? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe before. Something like that. <laughs> uh, Used in conjunction with an iPod Nano, Pat? Oh, mate, I've still got my Nano in my classic. So. <laughs> uh, new age retro. That's it. <laughs> right, of course, it's been a pleasure. All right, Thanks, Steve, Saucy. Thanks again. Bye, mate. Uh, enjoy lockdown while it lasts, and we'll get back to training soon. That's it, mate. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. <laughs> Thanks, Saucy. Appreciate it, mate.